my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fiery, feisty, fantastic Friday morning. Friends, today's Torch Report 301-301, memes, memetics, and mental warfare. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, friends. I have been wanting to get into this all week, of course, the uh, State of the Union speech and all that kind of stuff. We talked about some things, but this this really is an underlying, overarching and all encompassing issue that uh, you're you're just it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to tickle the brain a little bit. You may recall the very first uh Report of the year, Torch Report 272 on January 2nd uh, was about the art of memes and making predictions. And we touched on memes a little bit in the in the sense of psychological warfare. This is going to take that to the next level. But I want to set the stage by stating the obvious here. People are people. You know, I've done a great deal of haranguing the ignorant hordes and bashing the useful idiots for their apathetic complicity in destroying the American dream. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It's God drives me nuts, you know, but not only is it a pleasurable pastime to pummel the, you know, the, the poorly endowed, it serves to remind the remnant that this odious obtuseness is really our greatest obstacle. We have to overcome the ignorance because it is their collective political might of the ignorant hordes that is being deployed by tyrants under the banner of democracy that ultimately justifies the purging of dissent. Does that make sense? You know, they, the great masses of unmitigated fools, are the weapon of choice for evildoers, and they have been. You know, not only are they content to be slaves, preferring servitude to public lashings, you know, but by the very virtue of their being the majority, the useful idiots, their collective ignorance, it ripples throughout the entire population because they are the majority. And that creates a strong social pressure to conform with their stupidity simply because that's what most people are doing. Most people look around, you know, Hey, I guess that's what everybody's doing. I'm just going to follow the herd right off the edge of the cliff. We are herd animals after all, are we not? It does us no good to deny that fact. You know, this instinct to imitate is both strong and innate. We can't escape it. It's all perfectly observable, you know, but resist. We must, you know, despite this, 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 I don't know, you know human propensity to, to follow stupidity, uh, which we, I mean, just, let's just be honest, friends. We all struggle <laughs> within that department from time to time, don't we? I mean, if, if we're just honest and humble, it's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're just, uh, you know, we're just fallible human beings like everybody else. You know, we must resist the urge to conform or to cave or to become passive and accept these egregious abuses of power or to become complicit by believing the delusion that someone else is going to come save the day. We have to resist all that. There is no cavalry coming. There is, there's only you and there's me, there's us, there's we, there's, there's the millions of other American patriots out there who not only sense that something is wrong, terribly wrong, horribly wrong, but we know that something is wrong. We know it in our hearts. And like Biden said in his inspiring speech, you know, we must do what in our hearts we know we must do. Take that to heart, you know, but friends, lawlessness abounds, does it not? Our government 
operates daily with complete disregard for the rule of law, do they not? Our politicians are persuading the public to casually dismiss the very principles and constitution that they swore to uphold. These, you know, ah, those, those leaders who are out there deceiving people, it, we got to deal with that here. But, you know, those in the media who pretend to inform us and they only dish up the spoon fred propaganda you know those intelligence agencies who supposedly provide our security and, and you know and have turned their considerable power against we the people you know from every angle friends our good sense and beliefs are under assault but resist we must we must resist the urge to panic we must resist the urge to do anything stupid we must resist the urge to bury our head in the sand and Let's not forget, you know, people are people. So we're just as fallible, perfectly imperfect human beings like everybody else. But we're bound together in this blip of time that we call today. Wherever we're at in life, friends, you know, we're, we're getting assaulted from all these different angles. We're being deceived by the leaders. Lawlessness abounds. All of that. You know, yes, we do have to figure out how to solve these problems. Yes, we do have to come together and make a stand. Yes, we do have to fight for the right, you know, to breathe free air and all of that kind of stuff. But here we are now, and wherever we're at in life, we can look forward and we can look backward. You know, seasoned perspectives, those in a seasoned stage in life, they have, you know, an advantage, the seasoned perspective, as do the fresh perspectives of younger generations. You know, and it is undoubtedly going to require both of these uh, generational perspectives to get ourselves out of this mess. You know, are we on the right track? Obviously not. Obviously not. But it's also obvious that that that's not so obvious to everyone, right? You know, uh, and and uh, yesterday I had some great conversations, a couple of really good conversations. Now, recent city council meeting here in Hooterville, as my father-in-law likes to call it, small town USA. There were a group of kids pitching for the electrification of our community, requesting public funds to promote greater accommodation for electric vehicles, which is just kind of laughable given, you know, where we're at. But these were middle schoolers uh, and they were desperate to save the planet. We got to save the planet. We got to electrify everything to save the planet, you know. And there was only one council member, council member, councilman in the chamber who had the heart and the courage to tell these kids the truth. Listen, kids, that all sounds nice, but what you're asking for is impossible. You are demanding that children younger than yourselves continue to work like slaves in toxic African cobalt mines just to pollute the planet even more with nasty chemical batteries that have to be disposed of every few years. This dream, this electrification is not what it seems. This dream is not what it seems. And I put a little screenshot here. It was a meme, friends, from Torch Report 272, The Art of Memes and Making Predictions. And it's got Greta Thunberg out there. You know, you've stolen my dreams of my childhood. You destroyed the planet. And then it's got that poor African boy with his, you know, dirty hands down on a toxic box of cobalt. You know, getting that cobalt for your electric car fast as a can, Greta. Now, just to be fair to the poor kid in the bottom of this meme, this is an excerpt from 270, Torch Report 272. You know, of course, the U.S. government's got his back. They've launched the Combating Child Labor in the Democrat Republic of the Congo's Cobalt Industry Program. It's the Coteco. It sounds so official, you know. They're going to dump $24 trillion 
I'm sorry, they're going to tap into the Congo's $24 trillion precious minerals uh, by spending a few million dollars on some bureaucratic oversight that, you know, just to make sure that this child labor doesn't end up in memes like this one we have here. Now, that brings us back to the memes here. Uh, actually, first, before we get into the memes a little more here, I, I want to talk about how uh, using innocent children to force a cultural revolution is a timeless commie tactic. We've talked about it a lot. You know, we've talked about the current targeting of youth via the adaptation agenda being pushed by the global cabal. You know, how they are systematically assimilating children into the collective hive mind. Now, mark that because we're going to come back to that. Uh, memes in the hive mind are very closely related, as it turns out. But we've also talked about the, you know, the current global cabal. They just launched their their global youth mobilization initiative. And all this means, you know, that this city council meeting here in Hooterville, that was no anomaly. That kind of, you know, coming soon to a town near you of any size. It doesn't matter if you live in a big glistening city or, a, you know, a small little town somewhere. You know, it it matters that children are being mobilized to challenge the status quo because it's hard to tell a kid no. Ask any parent. You see parents all the time. You know, I want it. I want it. Okay, honey, just take it and shut the hell up, will ya? You know, to appease a child is a strong instinct. Uh, instinct. I would say that uh, subversively, parents have been undermined. The authority of parents have been undermined. You know, to the oh, it's just, it's dad's emotionally damaging to tell a child no. Hell no, kid. You know, sit down, shut up, or you know, whatever the case may be. You know, that old school tactic. That's that's taboo. We can't be, uh, you know, we can't be treating our kids like that and telling them no. You know, at, at any rate, friends. The point I'm making here is that the anomaly, you know. What the anomaly of kids being in the meeting, that wasn't the anomaly. The anomaly was the man who stood up in front of everybody else and faced down. He stared down this deceptive evil, you know, these middle schoolers out there pining to save the planet. And I want to just liken that for a minute to soldiers in war. And, you know, soldiers in war have often had to face the fact that a small child was an enemy combatant. Okay, it, it, that's really hard, but it, it's true. Meaning that, hey, that kid's got a machine gun and he or she is going to try to kill you. You know, it, it's a horror that, that's very difficult to accept. It, it's almost unimaginable. And yet it happens just the same. We can't deny that it happens, you know. And once in that situation, once the instinct for self-preservation kicks in, there is no more thinking it through. You know, there's only the squeeze of adrenaline and the unfortunate solution, but it is what it is. And again, it's, it's difficult stuff to think about, but we must face this reality for what it is. It is a reality that cannot be denied. Children are, in fact, being weaponized. Children can, in fact, be a threat. Children are not so innocent as to be incapable of killing you in cold blood and even believing that they're being good humans in the process. So keep that in mind when you see the commies telling the whole world that they're going to mobilize youth and children to advance their commie agenda. OK, for for evil people, there's no moral consideration of such things. They don't, they don't care about using children in combat, for example, or using children as a shield or abusing children or using children to advance a communist political agenda. You know, but it, 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 it all underneath all of it, 
obviously is the insatiable obsession with more power and control. You know, they're using kids to do this, but they, what they really want is power and control by any means possible. The ends justify the means. And with that in mind, now I want to pivot from the vial of war to the very practical challenges that we are currently facing. Now, the second conversation that I had yesterday with someone and it, uh, said, hey, Luke, Luke, you explain the problem better than most, but you never talk about solutions. Come on, you know, got to talk about solutions. And I respectfully disagreed. We had a long conversation about it. I do talk about solutions to the extent that it's possible without inciting a riot and potentially provoking an unstable, unknown person to do something stupid. I have to have responsibility for my words. Do I not? Now, that said, I put a, a 10 links here, friends, in the Torch Report today, wherein I've detailed my strategies and my thinking about what's going on and how we can deal with it. And I get that those 10 Torch Reports uh, are just the tip of the iceberg. But, you know, you might check out that top one there, special, how to overcome tyranny, you know. Is the American spirit still alive? How they divide and conquer us all? Is this the start of a civil war when violence is the answer? What can we control? The tinderbox, friends in a fight for freedom. We're going to get through this. Can we, the people, win? These are questions I've explored at length. And my purpose in sharing the truth that you can trust is to emphasize the problem, understanding the problem, to know who the enemy is, how they operate, how they think, and what they are up to. Because, you know, in order to defeat our enemy, we need to understand our enemy. And they function in broad daylight right now. With the full support of the mainstream media, of course, bolstered by the current, you know, woke whole of government approach to marching us all into future Earth, enslaving the masses in their, in their own minds, you know, convincing the ignorant hordes to accept their tyranny, and they're winning this battle in every conceivable way. Just to be blunt, we are losing terribly right now. And we're down by, you know, I, I don't even know. It's, you know, late in the game and we're down by a lot. Let's put it that way. So I would rather be an optimist and be wrong than be a pessimist and be right. It's a personal saying of mine. But, you know, I, wisdom says that the middle path to be a pragmatist is the most strategic perspective, right? Just as we cannot solve a problem that we do not understand, we cannot defeat an enemy that we do not understand. And if they can win without firing a shot, they will. If they can provoke patriots into a losing battle, they will. Whether it's kinetic or political, they will draw us in, provoke us into a losing battle. Okay? If they can stamp the boot of tyranny on the face of humanity forever, they will. And we know that's exactly what they intend to do. The reality of the situation, friends, best I can tell, you know, is, is not looking good. And so the question is, what do we do? Now, along with the aforementioned reports, I would like to add another element to this strategy. A lot of things that I talk about in those reports are, are you know, they need to build community networks, you know, direct, you know, human interaction, authentic connections so that we can we can build relationships, knit the social fabric. There's a lot of strategy behind all of that. It's not just kumbaya, let's hold arms and give each other a hug. That's it. You know, there are uh, very strategic <clears throat> purposes behind that. But without getting into all of that, you know, I believe that there is another element that we need to consider. It's something that might be kind of funny. It might, it might sound, you know, ah, this is weird. Look, what are you talking about? It might be unexpected, but it's something that I believe will be highly effective if we could just grasp how it works. And so you want to know what I'm talking about? Drum roll, please. I'm talking about memes. Yes, friends, memes. 
but probably not memes in the sense that you're familiar with here. You know, as fate would have it, I recently heard someone use a phrase I'd never heard before. It was the phrase, a memetic virus, memetic virus. I thought, what the hell is that? I'm going to have to look that up. And my curiosity led me down a rabbit hole of discovery. So I'd like to start sharing this with you with a proper definition of memetics. Memetics. I got the screenshot in there coming from the, the good old Merriam-Webster dictionary. And it says, memetics is the study of memes. Memetics sees ideas as a kind of virus, something propagating in spite of truth and logic. It's self-replicating. Okay? In a nutshell, ideas can self-replicate and spread, much like a virus. The, you know, the maxim of memetics is that beliefs that survive aren't necessarily true, rules that survive aren't necessarily fair, and rituals that survive aren't necessarily necessary. And when I heard that, I thought, you know what, that rings true to me as does the, the rather straightforward assertion that things survive because things are good at surviving. And then what they say in the study is that it's not, it's not just um, that like viruses survive, but ideas and thoughts survive as well. And well, much like a virus, they can self-replicate and all this stuff, really fascinating stuff. So I began to dig into this new world of memetics with zeal. <laughs> you know, what's going on? I got to learn about this. And I learned that the origin of the word meme actually stretches back to the turn of the 20th century. I did not know that, but it stems from the translation of a Greek word used in 1904 by the uh, German evolutionary biologist Richard Seaman. And decades later, this definition of a meme settled into this, you know, this loosely uh, termed, it, it means a unit of information residing in the brain that can mutate and replicate in human cultural evolution. I thought, wow, you know, a unit of information, a quantum of information in the minds that can replicate in human culture and drive evolution. That's amazing, you know. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> but I noticed that the uh, the that threaded throughout this study of memes was a consistent theme of cultural evolution. And I don't know about you, you know, but cultural evolution kind of perked my interest. I'm like, huh, what are these commies up to? <laughs> you know, and the phrase that caught my eye, of course, links here, friends, the tr truth you can touch. I got tons of links here about memetics in the torch report today, but it says this, quote, the strongest memes those that replicate in the most minds are the ones responsible for creating human culture, period, end quote. Huh. Now, at this point, there's two things I want to point out, really critical to realize. One, this study of memes existed way, way before the internet. Okay, we're talking 1904 all the way through the 1900s. Okay, tons of studies on memes. And then number two, Memetics is rooted in evolutionary science. And to kind of understand where I'm going with this, I did put a few links in there to some studies and some sources, and I'm just going to read the titles of them with you in the interest of time. Darwinizing culture, the status of memetics as a science, the journal of memetics, evolutionary models of information transmission. Oh, man, you know, virus of the mind, the new science of the meme, thought contagion, how beliefs spread through society. Friends, these are coming from academic sources. 
Now, this field of mimetics was hot and heavy coming into the early 2000s. They were exploring all these various mimetic-based theories for the evolution of language and the human sense of individual selfhood. Wow, wow, that's cool. Maybe we can eradicate the individual use, uh, the individual sense of selfhood by changing the language and using mimetics, you know, a mental virus to basically hijack the minds of humanity. Maybe, I don't know, you know. But in 2005, the study, uh, I'm sorry, the Journal of Mimetics, there was, you know, chrono, chronalizing, that's the word I'm looking for, canonizing, you know, keeping a chronology of all these studies. They just kind of mysteriously stopped publishing. And my suspicion is, friends, I know it's not, I know it's the clock here. I'm going to go a little over 20 minutes. Thank you for bearing with me. I hope you're having fun. It's Friday. Okay. But they went underground. And I, I should say, I suspect that they went underground, much like the study of eugenics went underground after World War II, even though the study of eugenics is very much alive and well today, just as I suspect the study of memetics is very much alive today. And I would say that these two have probably been deeply intertwined for a long, long time. With all these clinical psychologists pumping out study after study, indicating that these memes were in fact a mental virus. I did not make that up. They made that up, okay? But they said that these memes could be used to Darwinize society by driving cultural evolution with these self-replicating mental viruses. Do you realize what that means? It would only make sense you know, powerful people had picked up on this exciting new science. Wow, we can drive cultural evolution with self-replicating mental viruses. That's kind of cool, you know. Uh, and then what? They decided to capitalize on the implications before the peasants could grow wise to their plans. That's what I suspect. Of course, that is just wild speculation, you know, coming from the rebellious mind of an ignorant peasant who just might be clinically afflicted with oppositional defiance disorder. I don't know. Friends, Take everything that I say with a grain of salt and savor the flavor because I'm a special blend, baby. You know, but could it be, could it be that the global elite have unleashed a mental virus upon the planet? A virus that would convince the masses to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. One that would replicate the mental delusions of the hive mind. One that would usher in an unprecedented era of political peace, prosperity, and uh, sustainable development. Now, <laughs> if one were to read the memetic evolution of solutions to difficult problems, a report linked in today's report, it would appear that this is precisely the case. And being that these evolved solutions involved enlightened leaders and nothing less than bridging the sustainability gap with common property rights, <laughs> should sound familiar. We're just talking about that. You know, to me, to me, there's only one conclusion that I can come to here. And I think it's a perfect and fitting ending to a fun and fantastic week. And I just got to tell you, you know what? The commies are taking over the world. <laughs> oh, friends. And they're using memes to do it. Can you believe it? I don't know. What do you think, friends? Let me know in the comment below. Uh, that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is you share this podcast with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and have a fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. Friends, don't forget there's a link at thetorchreport.com. You can tune in to the Torch Report Weekend Review. One hour radio show Sundays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can listen uh, locally. The link's there. Or you can listen wherever you're out across the fruited plains friends i do hope you have a fabulous fantastic friday have a wonderful weekend and i'll look forward to talking to you again soon